So, Australia's job numbers well above expectations yesterday. We'll look at what that means for plans from the RBA. Well, at least what the RBA thinks and what everyone else seems to think, which is not necessarily the same thing. Plus, mixed fortunes for the US overnight. Stocks have switched direction for a bit, and so have bonds. And uh, we'll look at the ECB as well. And what did their minutes tell us yesterday? It's Friday, the 21st of January, 2021, 2022. It's the morning call from NAV. Good morning. Well, it's an easy mistake to make, isn't it, really? Uh, Bond yields have eased a little. Three basis points off 10-year treasuries this morning. Yields a little down across Europe, too, and most of Asia. And a a good session for US equities with the Nasdaq up 1.2%. It was up quite a bit more than that earlier. The S&P 500 is up 0.9% as we're recording this. And three quarters of a percent up for the Dow, all much higher earlier in the session. In Europe, the Euro stocks 50 is up three quarters of 1%. But the FTSE uh, finished down a little this morning. The US dollar... Hasn't really gone anywhere, but the Aussie dollar has. It's up uh, another 0.6% today, uh, up to 72.5 US cents. It was also higher earlier in the session. The pound is up slightly. The euro is down a bit. And small moves in oil, uh, 0.2% up for Brent. WTI uh, was up a little, but it slipped down now and is 0.3% down, falling below $87 a barrel, having spent most of the session above it. So there's a bit going on. Uh, and look, we will look at those stellar job numbers in Australia yesterday in just a moment with NAB's Ivan Cahoon uh, in Sydney. First, though, here's NAB's David DeGaris in London. Truly international show today. Uh, And so it's a bit of a... um bit of a switch around, isn't it? I mean, we'd, we'd expect to see a rotation in stocks, and we have been mm. seeing it because the mm. Fed is in fast-forward mode now. Mm. Mm. Uh, but um, overnight, uh, you know, that, that rotation away from uh, tech seems to have switched stocks, and the Nasdaq has come bouncing back. We're seeing Treasury yields heading down. So yes. is this just a bit of a readjustment, or is this a question mark over the rapidity well, of the Fed's approach, or what, well, what's driving that, this risk that, that, appetite? Yeah, well, that's what the market's wondering, Phil. Is this just a bear market bounce? You know, you don't have any directional thing going the same way every day, or is it a little bit more of that? But certainly that was the flavour of the market for, um, uh, has been for most of the session so far. But as we've said before, an hour can make a huge amount of difference. And as you said, stocks are off their uh, their highs. I think what mm. the, the NASDAQ was up nearly, what, 2%, one and three quarters, yeah. 2% earlier, Well, there's, right? there's, there's been news just that the Senate mm. Judiciary Committee, I don't know whether this has been part and parcel mm. for the reason mm. for it to come off that high, but the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, is putting forward a bipartisan antitrust bill which would forbid tech platforms like Google and Apple and Microsoft and Amazon for uh, mm. favouring their own products, which yes, they well, do... That- that they might, do a lot of that. Uh, yeah, that might throw a bit of cold water on uh, investors' appetite for some of those tech stocks, perhaps. Um, don't know whether it would do much harm to the S&P 500, but um, you, you would never know. W- one other development that we've, we've had in the past hour here, so it um, has been that the uh, there's been a, a 10-year Treasury tips auction. So these are the inflation-protected securities. And... Um, I guess the whole mood of uh, we haven't seen a tips auction for, for, for a month or so now, and the whole mood there has been about, you know, the central banks front and centre um, attacking inflation. So we've seen real yields move up pretty smartly after that tips auction result came out. So we've seen quite a bit of bond market volatility. Hasn't had a huge impact on nominal yields. We've seen the real yield go up and we've seen the 
uh, implied inflation, the break-even inflation rates go down. But we have seen that bond market volatility, and maybe that's just taking the edge off uh, on the off the stock market as the as the session wears on. So data-wise, I mean, it's, it was mixed, wasn't it, overnight? So we had the Philly Fed manufacturing index mm. that that looked okay. I mean, we've you know we've had uh, some of these regional mm. surveys haven't looked so quite so stellar. Correct. Uh, new, new orders up, capex investment up, but we also saw prices paid rose. So still, yes. you know, in, in, a bit of an inflation warning, and inflation fell as well from thirty-three point nine to twenty-six point one, and that was on top of also seeing the initial jobless claims in the U.S. yesterday, which rose more than expected. So from 231,000 claims in the second week of January to 286,000 claims last week. Mm-hmm. So so it's not a smooth recovery if that's what's happening in the US. No, I think I think there was um, there was a bit of scuttlebutt about, around about after the Empire State survey, what was that day before, uh, suggesting that um, <clears throat> manufacturing activity in the Northeast had taken a little bit of a hit in January. Now, now maybe that was just Omicron, you know, we know that's had a bit of an effect on um, restaurant activity and, and, you know, some high-facing uh, industries so forth, but certainly wasn't evident in the Philly Fed survey today. So that the headline index was up, um, new orders was up, employment was down a bit but still at quite a high level. And as you said, the prices paid and received components were all pretty chunky. So the bottleneck issue is well and truly front and centre there. but And then we had this rather odd release of um, jobless claims for the latest week, Phil, as you said, up from, what, 231,000 up to 286. So if, you, if we went back pre-pandemic, we would have thought, is there, a, is there a huge rise in unemployment you know, going on behind the scenes? It sort of flies in the face of everything we, we've seen about the US labour market, you know, that employers cannot get people Job, you know, job openings are at record highs, all of that. But could seasonality so, be a part of this? We're just after Christmas. Seasonality could be. Yeah. I think Omicron could have something to do with it. I mean, employers are pretty quick to lay people off, you know, if they see a downturn in sales even for a month or so. That I think that could be part of it. But we do know that seasonal adjustment has if real issues coping with um, what's going on at this time of the year. So I think that's probably the likely explanation. Yeah, it's very difficult, really, to draw any conclusion from one single uh, number, isn't it, at certainly, the moment? Certainly, so for, particularly not that and one. And if you look at home sales as well, so existing home sales in December down 4.6% month on month. Mm. Uh, but, you know, if you look at what it was last year, over over 6 million uh, existing homes sold. Indeed, A 15-year high. Prices went up 8.5%. So, yes, you know, yes. figures, went, figures went down in December and everyone was expecting interest rates to rise well, the following year. So why wouldn't you've got the factors all sort of pro housing? You've got people cashed up. You've got low rates. um, Employment opportunities abound. Uh, The pandemic has seen people sort of want to buy more property and so forth. So that's been evident in the US as it has, as we know. Uh, over here in in the UK and of course in Australia as well. So, what about the ECB then? The minutes were out yesterday. Have they woken up to the inflation risk? It sounds like maybe they have. I mean, they've uh, they've increased their forecast, but they also seem to be hedging their bets a bit. I mean, yes. they've basically said that you know they've got a base case, yes. and then more hawkish scenarios. Yes. But they're they're actually expecting the the inflation will lift, but then it'll be back down to where uh, you know their safety zone yes. by the end of this year. Yes. Well. Um I think that that narrative is changing, isn't it? So um, I think the narrative we've been hearing from the likes of uh, 
uh, Monsieur Villeroy from the, um, the Central Bank of France and from the Bundesbank is, is evincing a lot more concern about inflation. So, you know, the fact that, you know, Eurozone inflation is, what, 5%, and um, so it's not that far south, is it, of, of the US situ- situation, uh, and it's hard to believe that, and we know that there are some local matters in, in, in local conditions involved in each each country or zone's inflation rate. But nevertheless, there's some pretty powerful dynamics going on here, aren't there? For sure. And they are all going to su- suffer the same consequences of those rising energy prices as well. Which Indeed. Is that, 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 that's a new dimension. So even mm. as recently as uh, December when, these, when they had that meeting, I mean, look, oil prices motored on and we're at the highest level, what, since 2014 now. So Brent t- was testing over... Um, $89.5 a barrel, mm. it's, it's only just below south of $89 now. So that's that's a new inflation issue. And, of course, we've got geopolitics um, front and centre, you know, over Ukraine and, and, and more. So, um, and we know it's going to happen to energy prices if we see more, um, you know, if we see that really ramp up. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, there's the question as well, though, those drone attacks on the UAE on Monday, what does that do for the Iran nuclear talks as well? So are we going to see, uh, you know, what impacts that going to have? Although, interestingly, we, we also learned today that China has admitted, uh, no surprise here, that they've been buying oil from Iran. So, uh, so Iran has been adding to that global pool, even though, you know, people haven't been supposedly buying from them. But uh, anyway, it is it is all geopolitics driving that, uh, that uh, absolutely, oil price. Absolutely, as well as... I mean, we know that some of the OPEC members have struggled to actually meet their production limits. So it's been a perfect storm, hasn't it, in the market looking through Omicron and seeing, you know, better demand. You know, there's IEA forecasts are out, what, in the middle of the week, upping their forecasts there for oil demand this year. Yeah, although interesting, the oil inventories overnight increased a bit in the uh, in the United States. But let's. I want to quickly finish off with Europe before I go to, to Ivan. Because you're saying you think they are going to wake up to the fact that they, they, I mean, you know, inflation is high. Christine Lagarde was trying to draw a distinction, wasn't she, really, between uh, Europe and the US? Because, you know, their inflation, she says, is a lot less, as you're saying. Well, not really. <laughs> and they are expecting, you know, they'll be back on target by the end of the year. But they will. I mean, it's, it's they still believe the transitory word over there. Well, she does anyway. It seems. Yes, yes. It depends on how long that transitory is, I guess. But... Um Yes, so but I think what is clear is that you're getting quite a clear divergence of opinion between, you know, across around the table, and that a lot more of that's becoming public now. And we've seen that through the end of the year from um, from German spokespeople and uh, from France and others yeah. too. Well, uh, it'll get worse, won't it? I, I suspect, and and maybe it will. Maybe it will for Australia as well. Let's look at that uh, that jobs data for Australia yesterday. We've got Ivan Cahoon from NAB in Sydney and uh, some big strong numbers there yesterday, Ivan. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Uh, what they show, um, reopening uh, 65,000 jobs uh, recovered from New South Wales and Victoria. Um, so the economy, the labour market was in a very strong position as reopening occurred before the Omicron wave. And the really, really exciting number was the unemployment rate dropped to 4.2%. Now, that was the lowest since uh, the mining boom days of August 2008. And before that, um, back in the 1970s. So that's really great news uh, for Australians. 
The implication of that is that uh, the forecast, the unemployment rate is 12 months ahead of the RBA's um, November forecasts. So it's really making very, very good progress towards full employment, which they saw pre-pandemic as somewhere below 4.5%. And I think the other big implication is um, there's debate about whether they end quantitative easing at the February board meeting or not. Uh, NAB's had the view for quite a while that they would, and that remains our very strong view, and this uh, this mm. number really does uh, help in that regard. Yeah, almost certain, isn't it? Uh, and if not also, bringing great rises forward, So, uh, which we were talking about yesterday. So what is next from the RBA, do you think, beyond, beyond that February end to QE? Well, Phil, I think the biggest thing is, uh, or the next big item on the calendar is the inflation uh reading for quarter four, which is due out next Tuesday. Um, That, I think, will also show that a lot of progress is being made towards the target. Uh, We're expecting a 0.8% quarter-on-quarter core reading. That will mean that the last two quarters annualised closer to 3%. It will also show that inflationary pressures are stronger than in November when the RBA saw them at two and a quarter percent for the whole of this year. And it's going to be more like two and a half percent straight away and and heading towards three percent. Which is a pattern we're seeing around the world, of course, uh, much higher than that in many places, of course. So what does that mean for interest rates then from the RBA? Well, um, the Fed, obviously, we're expecting to, to move a lot earlier. Uh, beginning in March, uh, the RBA is still signalling that they're going to wait for a pickup in wages. So they won't be following the Fed um, particularly quickly. But I think the markets are unlikely to give up on the view that uh, the bank will lift rates in Australia um, in 2022. Um, Certainly the markets have been betting that uh, quite strongly now. Uh, and they, they haven't been believing the RBA's guidance that um, they will wait till 2024 for some time now. There's quite a lot of communications from the RBA coming up in uh, a week and a half. We've got the Feb meeting on the 1st, a speech by the Governor on the 2nd, and then the Statement of Monetary Policy on the 4th. And Well, we wait with uh, bated breath for that one. But before that, today, let's look at what's happening today. Dave, uh, this afternoon, retail sales for the UK, they saw some strong growth in November and they weren't too locked down, mm. were they, for Christmas. So uh, it could be a strong December number for them as well. And we get also... Retail sales numbers for Canada as well. You might want to touch that ahead of uh, the Bank of Canada meeting next week. Yes. Yeah, I think um, I, I think there'll probably be a, a sort of a convenient explanation to whatever the UK retail sales numbers are. We know that the Omicron, Omicron news uh, came out, what, at the end of November? And when did the, we go to Plan B? That was in the first half of December. Goodness, there have been so many changes. Um so the market's expecting a little bit of payback in, in these, this month's retail sales if they're a positive number. And I don't know that it's going to influence the Bank of England's meeting all that much, Phil. I think their concern is mainly around inflation. So the main impact's going to be what the, what the flow-through is for you know growth in this quarter. And most people expect that now UK is back on plan A or will be later next week that um, – that will lift the spirits of business and consumers and uh, and growth will come back again as we go through the rest of this quarter. But, of course, ahead of all these other headwinds 
from energy prices and so yeah, forth. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a, a particularly onerous plan B anyway, was it? You just had to wear masks if you are going into shops. And uh, No, so. no, but it was certainly pretty important for the travel industry, mm, yeah. wasn't it? All of the uh, restrictions. So there. Uh, also, yeah, so for Canada, we've got the Bank of Canada uh, meeting next week, so their retail sales numbers probably not going to change what the Bank of Canada does either. We get uh, flash consumer confidence uh, numbers for the euro area as well, New Zealand's manufacturing PMI. Japanese inflation, uh, do they have any? <laughs> well, uh, what's their secret? Uh, all of that today. Uh, but uh, we'll wait and see what all that brings us. Good to talk, Dave. Well, we'll catch you soon, Phil. Cheers. And that's our first week back. I'm back on Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Have a great weekend. See you then.